to the PM Mastery Podcast. This podcast is all about helping you master your project management skills by sharing tips, tricks, tools, and training to get you to the next level while sharing the stories of other project managers on their journey in project management. And now, here's your host, Walt Sparling. All right, so welcome to episode number two. Today, we're interviewing Clinton Brooks-Herman who is a construction project manager in Texas. Welcome, Clinton. Thanks, Walt. So your name says Clinton Brooks Herman. Do you prefer Clinton or Brooks? I typically go by Brooks, but I understand I have three first names, so it's kind of a, I'll take what I get as long as it's one of the three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Good deal. Yeah, I get called Mr. Walt a lot. Okay, so I'm going to go with Brooks. So Brooks, tell us a little bit about who you are. Great. No, I appreciate it. I'm a Fighting Texas Aggie, class of 2009, with a construction science degree. Actually, recently got married in May of 2020, and we've got two dogs, Ollie and Stella, and we live in the Houston metro. Good deal. I uh, started my career in kind of internship and starting K through 12 general contractors back in 2009. And that was in between the DFW, Metro, Marble Falls, and Longview, Texas area. So kind of all over the state. Both were privately held commercial contractors, but one of them was family owned. Okay. During the recession, though, though it was a little delayed, recession was roughly 2008 when it's initiated, but it took my job in 2010. So that put me on the road for searching, which led me into the retail world. Was smart small box with Francesca's Women's Boutique in 2011, which never thought I would jump into retail, let alone a women's boutique, but it was definitely an amazing experience. I got to manage over 100 new relocations, outlets, and even some of their corporate projects throughout the nation. The company went publicly traded early on in my career there, and we helped grow to over 400 stores during my three and a half year tenure. And they helped me go from having been to eight states on a personal level to, I think I have eight left. Can I assume that Hawaii or two of them? Hawaii is still on the list to go. Um, I have been to Alaska, though. Beautiful up there. Yes, it really is. I was uh, fortunate, though, during this time, I was appointed and asked to join the Commercial Construction Renovation Magazine Editorial Board. And then I kind of got a call and wanted to jump from small box retail to the large box retail. And I jumped over to Academy Sports and Outdoors in 2014, managed a little over 20 of their ground ups, expansion projects, and they're mostly out in the Southeast. The company had been family owned until a few years prior to my arrival. And definitely was interesting is this became a new slowed down pace with the larger projects. I think we were doing eight-week turnarounds at Francesca's, and we're doing three to six months with Academy. But this uh, provided Tiltwall new experience and, well, helped them to grow to 200 stores, which was definitely another small feat. Yeah, a lot of, lot of buildings here, 400 stores, 200 stores, a lot of projects. Definitely stayed busy. Then completely changed directions from retail and jumped over to higher education with UT Health when they called in 2017. I was able to acquire a promotion with that to a senior facilities construction project manager, working with roughly 2,000 faculty members and 5,000 staff to keep this public health science center 
running and active in the Texas Medical Center, which is the world's largest. We have roughly 11 members in the project management department, including a director, project managers, administrative, and inspectors. Okay. And my reasoning to kind of jump over here was actually to see the uh, inner workings of these institutional buildings. And you think they're much different than when you were working in the commercial retail? It is definitely a unique experience. I used to just have to worry about putting a house AC on for Francesca's or a rooftop unit for Academy. And now I'm working with chillers and making sure there's chilled water coming in. So it's uh, just on the air handling piece. It's been completely different. Cool. Good exposure. Definitely. They've also, I don't want to say pushed me, but uh, really helped me to strive for my continuing education. The leadership really wants us to jump in there. So I've actually acquired my project management professional certificate from PMI, PMP. And I uh, think that's how Walt and I got to know each other. Yes, it is. In preparation for that. Yeah, we did a boot camp. Yep. And then I've also received my certified educational facilities professional certificate through APA. And I was accepted into an MBA program started back in May of 2020. I think just about done on course number three. So I'm really looking forward to this. And then uh, while here, I've actually been able to join the Construction Owners Association of America and really gotten involved, really enjoyed the group. And uh, they've actually recently appointed me as the vice president of emerging professionals for their Texas version, Texas group. Nice. So you've done your PMP, you've done your APA, and uh, you're in your MBA program, which sounds like it's getting pretty close to near the end. You're on the editorial board for CCR, and you're a VP for at least the Texas group for yeah. the uh, Construction Owners Association. Yes. Now, sounds like a lot of uh, paddles in the water there. So when you're not doing all that, what do you actually do every day? So every day is honestly something new. We could be moving people in cubes to, I've decommissioned a cyclotron, replacing air handlers right now. And I've uh, renovated some lab research space and honestly, everything in between. So it's uh, constantly something different and definitely a unique experience. Okay. So give us a little more about some of the projects that uh, obviously they're very diverse, but you got any specific examples? I have a couple. I'm actually working on a couple of research lab projects for our Department of Neurology and Department of Microbiology and Molecular Genetics. These are uh, two separate projects, but they're both pursuing breakthroughs in their respective fields. And these research projects are definitely unique. Lab research requirements in construction are a completely different ballgame from just a regular office space or a retail space. So it's, it's been unique. Cool. So now you mentioned earlier that you have 11 folks in your uh, PM team. Yes. Uh, what other, I mean, do they, or do they doing the exact same stuff you're doing? You can tell us a little bit about how that goes. Definitely. So we have the 11 members. We're kind of all over the board. We have mid-cycle renovations for our 1970s buildings, and we're replacing air handlers, switch gears, working on the indoor air quality, and many other items in between. 
We also have deferred maintenance projects throughout our campus buildings. Uh, we're replacing pumps, chillers, light fixtures, and roof projects, and those random roof leaks that might come up. Knock on wood, they don't come, but we all have them. We're also working on our energy conservation opportunities, or ECOs. And this is just trying to see how low we can get our energy consumption, but still maintaining the proper atmospheres for our labs, offices, and classrooms. We're uh, recommissioning buildings for current use. Some of them might have been office space before and are being converted over to lab or vice versa. Mostly we're trying to gain lab space. Price of space is of a premium in the mm -hmm. Texas Medical Center. We're also working on the offsets, run schedules, economizer mode, which is utilizing the free cooling when outside temps and humidity allow, which knock on wood, it's been some great weather recently here in Texas. And we have the nation's largest behavioral health academic center under construction right now called the UT Health Continuum of Care Campus for, for Behavioral Health, owned by Texas Health Human Services and built and operated by UT Health. Now, is, are all of these buildings, obviously you have some buildings that go back quite a ways, which isn't uncommon for academics. Is this all one large campus or do you have any satellite campuses? So there are some satellite campuses to our School of Public Health, and we also have something down in the uh, Rio Grande Valley. But for the most part, the buildings that our project management team works on are here locally to the Houston or Texas Medical Center area. Okay, cool. So you've done a lot. You do a lot. Why do you do it? What drives you? Well, that's an interesting question. Building and designing, honestly, has been ingrained to me for a very young age. I have used to go in pre-K and they asked me to stick around or come in early. So, or not myself, my parents, I did get a choice in the matter. I just got to go and have fun build different items prior to a parent's night or the open houses. So kind of always had that thought, but I thought I wanted to become an architect after doing all that in the years, uh, but more power to all of you that are. That's not my cup of tea. I was very fortunate when I landed in the uh, construction science program and loved all four years of it and still loving it to this day. Good deal. Yeah, I was going to be an architect as a child too, all the way up <laughs> through high school. But uh, I did an internship right uh, at the end of high school thinking I was going to go be an architect. It's interesting how our lives change. Indeed. So what else about it? Do you, you, know, you said you really love it. So that's cool. And now you went to school for a construction science degree. Yes, sir. Was there a target? Was that program targeting you to be a construction manager or just give you general construction knowledge? What was... What was the intent of that program? So I know the intent has changed since I was there. It definitely felt like they were more focused towards the project management side than, say, a superintendent. But I think they've really opened the doors over the years to broaden their horizons and development of upcoming individuals. But most of my focus was definitely on project management, and it just seems to come naturally. Okay. So uh, you enjoy doing it. So it's, would you say you're uh, famous? You make a lot of money? You got a lot of power? Any of those? I don't feel like I am. Maybe somebody out there thinks that, but I don't feel like I'm there. 
And I don't strive for any of these. I just, I want to be happy in what I do. And I really just enjoy construction and knowing how the systems work. So going for the money, the fame and the power, that's not what it is for me. So. Okay. So that's good. So, you know, asking the questions about the school and what you do and where you're, where you're from and how you've changed over your career is important because the audience is, we have all levels. You and I are both in construction, so we project manage construction projects, or I don't even actually manage yeah. the construction. I manage the people that manage the construction. But, <laughs> uh, it varies. There, there are jobs out there that project managers can do that are completely separate, IT projects, health projects, a variety right. of things. So you got to... Definitely. It definitely helps if you enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So let's see. In order to do all this, and you've obviously grown, you've, you've done your PMP, which is like you said, how we met. Uh, you're involved yep. with the editorial board and a, and a magazine and a construction association. I assume, though, somewhere in there, especially since you have to have your keep up your PMP registration, what do you do to keep on top of your education and learning? So glad you asked. At UT Health, we actually have access to a couple of items, uh, one of them being a program called Learn to Succeed and another being LinkedIn Learning. I think everyone's probably more familiar with LinkedIn Learning. Yeah, that used to be lynda.com. Correct. And honestly, both these are great resources and they've really helped me to kind of knock out some of those CE credits and keep moving forward so I don't have to worry about it when it comes up three years time at the PMP. And there's a variety of ways. To, so the LinkedIn is good. Actually, some podcasts, not this one, but some actually offer uh, PDUs for yes, uh, listening to them, reading. And do you actually get some credit? Because I know by being a project manager, you actually get a credit or two just for having the title. And then if you write or participate in some I would say I would say after school things, but after work organizations, you can get additional PDUs for doing that. Have you looked into any yes. of that? So I don't actively uh, write articles or anything like that. At least I have not yet. But obviously, I do take advantage of the credit hours or PDUs that they give you for just being in the role that is the same as what they're offering. So if it's project management professional, it's being a project manager and truly managing projects. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have that title because everybody manages projects. You just have to be able to implement it properly. Right. All right. So LinkedIn, then work. What about, do you do any other, do you do conferences or you obviously you're getting your MBA and what is that MBA? That's just a, pardon me. I I don't have a MBA or even a bachelor's for that matter. What is, is there a specific focus in there or is it just more general business? So the MBA program I'm going after is a focus on international business, but they're just short seven week courses. And these actually, I believe each credit hours worth 10 PDUs. Don't hold me to that though. Um, I know for my CEFP does allow me, so each course is roughly three hours. So I usually get 30 credits towards my uh, continuing education for those. So, That's awesome. Yeah, no, it definitely, getting the MBA program and needing the CEs makes it a lot easier. But I will not say the MBA program is easy by any means. <laughs> no. So what about challenges? Do you have any 
big challenges or maybe a specific challenge that you could talk to? So I think COVID-19 is probably been the biggest challenge for everybody right now. I think we might be finally coming to find out what the quote unquote new normal is, but it's definitely been very unique and I'm hoping everyone's continuing to stay safe and keep their families safe. But honestly, in reality, my current biggest challenge in the new world of laboratory research projects, what we kind of discussed earlier, it's completely different terminology and challenges that come with the specific world of labs and research uh, from negative and positive pressure, which you didn't necessarily have to worry about in the retail world or even office buildings. You do to an extent, but not to, you don't want to cause an issue with somebody's research while you're doing the construction or even after the construction. So, right. But I'm used to fast paced projects and, uh, these you have to slow down and step back and make sure you watch and catch every single detail. All right. Yeah. that can be challenged if you don't, for some that don't have that mindset. Yeah. yeah. So what about you are using some <laughs> tools to do your job. So do you have any specific favorites? Honestly, I don't have anything too fancy. Some people are probably hoping, Oh yeah, tell me something fancy here. But I mean, I've got an iPhone 10. I have a Dell laptop that work provided. And everything I try to do is get it digitized as soon as I can. If I took handwritten notes from a meeting, I try to scan those in and then get them typed up and issued out as meeting notes as soon as possible and emailed out to everybody. I do have access to an iPad Pro. It does have its its advantages, but most of the time my cell phone's right there sitting in my back pocket and I can just knock around and get through everything that I need to get through for the most part. Okay. Microsoft Outlook has a feature that I didn't get to utilize at my last employer called Flags. And that's been extremely useful. That allows me to clear out my inbox every single day. Assuming it's clear at 5 p.m., somebody sends me something on the drive home. It's a whole other story. But I used to used to always have tons of emails in there. And that really can cause issues to turn around and just relax for a day or take the breather at the end of the workday. So, Yeah, I'm sure Outlook is uh, not not a uh, favorite tool of a lot of folks. Email in general, Outlook <laughs> is pretty powerful. I love Outlook. I like some of the advanced features that it offers. I know that down the road, we're going to do some more discussions on you know, process efficiency and organization. And uh, there's definitely going to be some sessions that are focused on, if not, interviews, also some uh, blog posts that are on Outlook because it is so commonly used. And very feature rich. Yes. All right. So you flag your emails and you you walk away with an empty email box. It is a very nice thing. Definitely something I've heard is not the norm, but uh, I strive to do it every day. And I even use those flags to an extent where if I want to remember something, but I don't want to have to write it down or try and remember it tomorrow in 12 hours when I'm back in the office, I'll send myself an email and then I'll flag that as well. Right. I've done that as well. It's, it's nice when you're sitting there and you want to get something out, you just send yourself an email and now it's in your inbox in the morning. Yep. Doesn't have to be fancy. It's not like you're sending it to your boss. So. Nope. Sometimes it's just what's in the subject line. Indeed. So what about any other tools that you may have used in the past that you don't have a need for now that you really liked 
because you've obviously changed jobs a few times and have changed your uh, what you do every day. So in the retail life, we had something that was a little bit fancier to be able to use. We could somehow figure out how to use it, but it'd be more on our maintenance team with uh, UT Health. But I don't think we're quite there yet. But we use a, used an app called iAuditor, and we unified all of our inspections among the PNs. So we all are looking for the same thing. If we had a rear exit door, we made sure that there was a crash bar and then there's an alarm for that crash bar. So we didn't miss anything. And we could even send out our real estate folks if we weren't in the market or available, we could send them with our eye auditor and they could actually do the remote punch or the punch list for us. And we even got to a point where we're able to do remote punch lists via FaceTime or uh, Skype or any other video platform that you can get your superintendent on. Yeah, there's some cool ones. I've seen some demos recently on a video of software just like that. I can't, something, I know I just saw one a few months ago. It doesn't come to mind, but it's very similar to that where you actually have the superintendent walk around and show you items and you can flag them and it mark it on the plan. It's pretty sweet stuff. Nice. So any final thoughts on the uh, tools? Honestly, so I've always prided myself on thinking outside the box. And I like to think how Bill Gates, he had a quote. He chooses a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. Doesn't mean the person is lazy. This just means that they're looking for the best or fastest route to the end. I used iAuditor to figure out how to not necessarily have to travel and have some more personal time. And on top of that, the employer didn't have to output as much capital, maybe a little front end costs with the uh, iAuditor app and the iPad that was necessary, but it ends up working out because they don't have to fly me somewhere and spend a thousand dollars a trip or whatever the cost is per trip. So. Oh, that's cool. And, the PMs that have been around a while and those that are going to be getting into to doing projects, you're going to find little tips and tricks that are going to make your work go faster and you'll appreciate it. And so will your employer. Definitely. So, all right. So a lot of good information here. So construction management and you're involved in a lot of things outside of your job. So you're, you don't just uh, go nine to five and sit on the couch which is, is good. You're still working on your future growth, which is what we stress here is you get, you gotta, if you want to improve, you got to keep growing. You got to keep learning. So one Definitely. of the, no, I agree. One of the things that I like to do with my team is, uh, and it was something that I just fell on by accident was uh, I had a little did you know slide, something I like to break things up. And it was just like a, a random fact. And I did it two or three meetings and then I didn't do it. And then everybody's like, Hey, where's the, did you know? I'm like, well, I didn't do one. Oh, we like that. We always learn something. So I started doing it all the time. So what I'd like to do is at the end of each one of these podcasts is kind of do the same thing. Cause you never know what kind of cool things you're going to learn about from someone you've never met. So is there something that you can think of that you could say is a, did you know, and, and educate us on something. Well, first off, well, I think this is a great idea and actually something I'd be interested in implementing with uh, my project management team. I'll be talking to my director about this. But earlier we talked about the cyclotron decommission. 
most people probably don't know what a cyclotron is. I'll be the first one to say I really didn't know until I got done with that project. So, but the cyclotron is a type of particle accelerator and the systems have been used currently in use and they are obviously created in history, but they're particle therapy to treat cancer or they get utilized for PET or PET imaging. These are very useful machines in the medical and research world, and uh, I've actually got a link there, if you don't mind sending that out, Walt, about our Dr. Gould, who helped implement the cyclotron there at UT Health and got it there, as well as utilized it for all the research. Absolutely. So when, when I publish this, there'll be some show notes, and I'll include that link in there. Also, some other links on uh, maybe this eye auditor. And I love that uh, quote that you put down there for Bill Gates. That, yeah. That's another good tidbit. So I'll add that down there. Oh, great. Well, I appreciate your time. And like I said earlier, the whole point of this is to kind of show what kind of jobs are out there in the industry as a PM. And uh, we're going to uh, interview a variety of folks because of my proximity to construction management. There will be a lot of those. But I'm hoping to branch out and I'm hoping through the connections, we'll meet more people that do different industries. I do know some folks in the IT world, so I'm trying to get some IT managers. We actually have an interview coming up with a referral from you, which name is Sean, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up uh, later this week. So I'm, I'm anxious to chat with him about what he does. No, that should be good. And I've uh, definitely enjoyed this and look forward to seeing how it develops. Well, I appreciate you spending the time with us and I'm sure we'll have you back because we'll do some, maybe some special episodes on tools. And uh, sure. I definitely think when we get into doing the Outlook stuff that uh, we need to maybe do a little more deep dive on your uh, zero inbox because that is the dream of everyone. So I think you might have some tips that uh, our listeners could use. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. All right. Well, that being said, thank you for coming. And for everyone else, we'll see you on the next episode of PM Mastery. Thanks.